Hello and welcome everyone to the Ducky O'Brien Show. I am your host, Ducky O'Brien. My real name is Sam, but I use Ducky O'Brien for Twitch and other platforms. Anyways, welcome to episode 4 of my video game podcast covering news, reviews, and guides. Now on to currently playing. So far, my queue is pretty much the same. I'm still playing Astroneer, Thomas Chef, No Man's Sky, Tools Up, The Witcher 3, and The Cycle. For those of you who follow me on Twitch, you'll know that my main game is Astroneer. And I've been taking a little bit of a break because I am waiting for the true flat blocks to come out. And once they do come out, I'm going to go crazy and rebuild my massive base into something even bigger and more glorious. So look forward to that. I haven't abandoned the game. You know, I got some regulars who only watch me for Astroneer. So just be patient with me, folks. I'll be back. <laughs> Anyways, for Atomic Chef, I'm getting close to the end of the game. I'm on level 27, Passenger Frenzy. That game is massive. That level is massive, sorry. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like this game where you automate a production line for food and you have to fulfill orders that come in. And uh, I kind of figured out a way to feed in multiple food items into a packager to fulfill different orders. Now, I know that sounds boring, but it's a, it was an exciting breakthrough for me. Shout out to the magician because I uh, met him on YouTube. He gave me a lot of his builds, which were fantastic. And I saw that he was doing that. So it kind of inspired me to do that in my own builds. And it helps a lot. Anyways, moving on to Nomia Sky. For those of you who play the game regularly, you'll know that the living ship update is out. Uh, that's basically an alien ship that hatches from an egg. It looks really cool. Uh, it doesn't really explain how to do it, but basically you go to the anomaly. You need about 3200 Quicksilver. That's a currency for cosmetic items. And you obtain that through completing community missions. You'll get way more on the weekend missions, so you don't have to grind as much. But uh, you buy it from the Quicksilver bot, you, you get an egg, you put it in your ship's inventory, then you jump to another system in your ship, and then you'll get a mission, and for you to go to that planet, you're going to need an indium drive, so make sure you have enough nanites to unlock the blueprints, and then you're going to have to farm indium. So you got to get an emerald, and then indium, cadmium? I don't remember. Anyways... <laughs> The update's cool, I'm, I haven't finished it yet, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Anyways, tools up, I'm finally done with that game, and let me tell you, the last level was a doozy. It made me really angry, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I didn't want to play the game anymore. Not because it's bad, it was really frustrating. Uh, there's rain coming down, which creates puddles that you have to clean up. And there's a ghost that will pick up items and drop them off somewhere else. That's really frustrating. Anyways, I beat it. I three-starred every single level, every 30 levels. And um, yeah, it's a great game. It's a co-op game, kind of like Overcooked, where you're renovating a house, basically. It's very fun. It's very quirky. Uh, local co-op only, though. So if you don't have friends like me, you'll have to play solo, which I did. <laughs> anyways next up with that i'm going to do an achievement run so 
every game that I get for preview or a review or any game that I buy for myself, I typically tend to play it until I get everything in the game. So talking about all the achievements, S ranking it, all of that, I, I do it for the games. Uh, now it takes a long time, but when I review a game or when I cover it for you know, my YouTube channel or Twitch, I want to make sure that I understand the game so that I can find the people that will like it. That's my main goal is to kind of give an honest representation of the game for people who will enjoy it. If you don't, like if someone doesn't want to play the game, I'm not going to, you know, be like, hey, check this game out. That's kind of messed up. Anyways, The Witcher 3, I'm having a lot of fun with. I went into a new area, Tamaria some place in Tamaria and uh, I'm doing the same thing that I always do which is I clear out all the side missions and then I do the main quest so uh, it's gonna take me a while <laughs> anyways on to the cycle I'm having a lot of fun with this game and honestly I think the community is kind of ruining it because they want to make it a little bit more try hard and Here's why I think that's bad. Um, it's fun. It's a casual game. You can play casually. You can play competitively. But the great thing about the game is that it's really easy to disengage from combat with other players. So if you don't want to partake in that, you can completely run away. Uh, granted, if you're paying attention, if you don't and they're too close to you, you're going to have a hard time. But... Uh, now, I, I think people kind of want to make it PvP heavy instead of PvPVE, you know, or PvEVP, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that will kind of ruin the fun of the game. Like, I don't want another competitive game that you have to try hard at to win. The cycle is nice in that you don't have to try to win. You won't necessarily win all the time, but you can evac if you know what you're doing. Uh, I rarely die now in that game. I have a lot of fun recently been playing with a full stack for squads and they are like god tier dps mains so i'm being carried every game that's great <laughs> you want to check it out i think more people should definitely check this game out it's free to play it's on epic game store and i think uh, a lot of people like it i think it's a lot of fun i think the game loop there's something fresh about it something refreshing in that you don't have to engage in pvp you don't have to kill all the enemy players to win Main goal is to complete objectives, which is why I think it's awesome. Uh, honestly, I hope they don't ruin that formula. Alright, on to new games. Alright, I played a lot of new games recently. Uh, thank you so much to all the PR folk who gave me a key. I've been getting a lot more games from Keymailer now too, so I don't know what happened, but... I am incredibly grateful. So let's go over all the games. I didn't release an episode last week, so I'm going to have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I got a little behind on my podcast because I have so many things to do. I can't wait to actually make money and then hire people so that, you know, I freeze up a little bit more time. Like hi hire people to do the editing for me and all of that. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. But anyways... We got Hunter's Arena Legends by Mantisco Games. It's also published by Mantisco Games. It comes out early 2020. Now, Hunter's Arena Legends is a MOBA 
but it's also kind of like an MMO. Basically, it's a battle royale where you go out, you fight creeps in dungeons, you level up, you level up uh, five abilities and an ultimate, and you also get loot. You can also interact with NPCs. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but yeah. And then in addition to that, you're fighting other players and you can have solo or solo mode or 3v3. It's developed by a Korean company, so I, I think, you know, it will feel a little bit similar to Guild Wars. It definitely feels a little bit foreign, considering I've been playing games developed by Western Studios mostly. So when you play, it's going to feel completely different. But the unique thing about this game is that the combat system is pretty complicated, and if you master it, you can, you can be unstoppable. It's kind of crazy in that in addition to the abilities, so that's where the MOBA kind of comes in, it's also very similar to a fighting game in that there are a series of guards, guard blocks, guard counters, counter counters, and staggers and all of that. And you need fast reflexes to kind of react fast enough. Not only that, you need, you need to think ahead so that you can outplay your opponent. And yeah, I didn't get to master the battle system in time. It was a closed beta for a couple of days. I played it, I enjoyed it. Probably not going to be for everyone, but I think it's definitely worth keeping an eye out for. I believe it's not free to play. I believe you do have to pay a one-time fee, and that's going to be it. Anyways, that was Hunter's Arena Legends by Mantisco Games. And our next game is Vapor Maze by Felipe Rodriguez. It was also published by Felipe Rodriguez. Came out on February 26, 2020 with an MSRP of $13.99. Now, this is an early access game. I managed to play it. Basically, it's a randomly generated maze that you have to clear. You have two weapons. One is sort of like a melee it's a gun that shoots the fist out your other gun is an actual gun that shoots real bullets and now the gameplay loop the core gimmick is that everything you do costs money so when you fire a bullet you don't have a lot but you're collecting money as you go through the maze so it's kind of like this balancing act of making sure that you spend enough resources to complete the maze but you're also completing enough of the maze where you can collect enough of that money to buy more resources because you can easily rush a maze and then end up with no resources to co complete the next maze so if that makes sense trippy colors uh soundtrack is pretty nice might be worth checking out i have a gameplay previews for all of these games so if you're interested you can check out my channel um you can just type in the game or i have a playlist for all the previews okay that was vapor maze by Felipe Rodriguez. On to our next game. I played the Resolution demo. It's developed by Monolith of Mines, published by Mayflower, coming 2020 sometime. And this game is very similar to Hyper Light Drifter. So if you're a fan of that game, you might want to check this one out. The gameplay demo lasted about an hour, I would say. You beat the first boss. It's pretty nice. It has really bright colors, uh, quick action. The action feels good. Stories based on the, I don't know, it feels like memories, technology. It didn't really go into it because it's the demo, but 
of what I saw, I, I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to it. But that, yeah, that was a resolution by Monolith of Minds. Alright, to our next game, To Hell with Hell by Lazarite Games, published by Deck 13. It came out on February 25th, 2020. Now, an older version of it was out previously, but then they updated it, came out on early access, and has an MSRP of $16.99. So, To Hell with Hell is basically a bullet hell. <laughs> so, it's a 2D sprite based, randomly generated roguelike. Where you go in, you're basically going into hell and you're defeating all these monsters and bosses and it's really hard. Uh, they do change it up in that for the easiest mode, you have six saves. So you can save six times and reload as many times as you want from the six saves. But yeah, that's still very difficult. I'm not really good with bullet hells and it took me a while to beat the first boss. Uh, but yeah, it's challenging. You get random loot. You can have weapons. If you're interested in stuff like that, it might be worth checking out. All right, so that was To Hell With Hell by Lazarite Games. Our next game is Altaria Adventures by Altaria Team, published by Heather Glade. It's coming out early 2020. It's going to be free to play. Uh, Altaria Adventures is an MMORPG. I... It's the alpha, so I'm in the alpha right now, and it's a little bit rough. Uh, it feels a little chunky. It doesn't sound that great either. The volume, the mixing is a little off. It's a little too quiet. All the sounds kind of mesh together, so you can't really distinguish what you're hearing. Uh, the combat feels a little too bullet spongy, like your main attack doesn't do enough damage. Now, these are all things that's probably going to be fixed as the game goes on. So, you know, you can look at the preview video to see what it's like. I'm going to go over the good things about it, the potential the game has. Basically, it's a very accessible platformer MMORPG. So for those who might be turned off by all these complicated games, it might be more suitable for them. Also, it has a lot of crafting in it. So voxel-based crafting, if they branch off of that, I think it would it would be pretty cool to see that player creations and all of that. Uh, but yeah, it's in alpha, so it's still pretty rough. But if you want to check that out, that's Altaria Adventures. All right, for our last game, The Longing, it's by Studio Soofs. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize. Published by Application Systems Heidelberg. It was released March 5th, 2020 with the MSRP of $14.99. All these prices are in US dollars. The Longing is an idle game where you have to wait for 400 days. 400 real life, real time days. That's right. Now, you do speed up the game time by furnishing your little home for your protagonist. And, but like if you don't spend time in your room, it's real life time. And the game time progresses with the game off as well. So if you exit the game, the clock is running. But it's kind of an interesting take, honestly. Uh, you play a little character called the Shade. And he is very miserable. He's miserly, but he's also very hopeful at the same time. It was a weird juxtaposition of these two contrasting like emotional elements in that character. And 
it's very interesting i i wanted to see more everything moves slow though so if you're impatient the game is not for you um it's basically point and click and the guy will move to that location and he takes his time also everything takes a long time i opened the door and i think it took 30 seconds yeah <laughs> um this game is made to make you wait but it kind of they do it on purpose where you know the gameplay is supposed to turn you off a little bit but they wanted to make the character a little bit endearing where you want to spend time with the character and do things to help them out because he's so lonely and sad <laughs> but yeah uh, i think it's a very interesting take on an idle game definitely they made it so that you can play it while doing other things they made options where you can make it full screen windowed where you can turn off the soundtrack you can turn off all game sounds so it's just kind of running in the background but yeah again that was the longing and i think it was a pretty interesting game for our next section noteworthy games all right this game honestly took me by surprise and this game is not for broadcasts by not games Published by Tiny Build, and it was released on January 30th, 2020, into early access as an MSRP of $14.99 US dollars. Now, it's a little bit hard to explain fully uh, the the range of this game, but it's basically a full motion video game. So it's video footage of live people. You're running a live broadcast center for a nightly news channel and it feels pretty much close to the real thing like obviously they took out a large amount of the complexity and simplified it for you know the average person but you know you have four feeds and you have to switch between the feeds to make sure you're focusing on the right person who's talking uh they do stuff like where you can't stay on one frame for too long, otherwise people lose interest. Basically, it's scored by how many viewers are there. So if you're doing everything right, the view count goes up. And that's how you get quote-unquote scored. And there's other things too, like you have to censor swear words. So you have to time it where you hear it on the your monitor. And then it's going to be censored on the live broadcast. You have about two seconds of delay. So you can either do it by ear or you know they show you the sound wave file the waveform passing by and you're like oh there's a red section here you have to censor that and you have to run ad roll and all of that and that's pretty interesting it's a lot of fun but on top of that it has a very british sense of humor it's very satirical in nature it's full of cynicism and yeah like I don't want to spoil too much, but it's, it looks pretty bad for a future. <laughs> it's like a dystopian future kind of game where, yeah, things don't look good in that game, like the game world. It's, everything is not as it seems. But yeah, I can't wait for chapter two. So chapter one is out. That means there's three broadcasts and in between the broadcast sections, there's like a... Um, basically choose your own adventure text game basically like it goes into the personal life of the character and all of the choices they have to make all the things they're going through and honestly the game pulled me in um it made me think a lot because you know 
you can do certain things like you can boost your own revenue by playing advertisements for products or companies that you know are bad. Uh, for example, there's one product. It's a children's toy and it's questionable. And if you ran the ad, you will get more money. But later you'll find out that those toys blinded kids. And it's an, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about as a content creator because, you know, you deal with the same thing. You're like, all right, I got to make videos to get views. And then after I get the views, you got to either get sponsorships or run ads on it. And there's a lot of ethical and moral questions that a person should be asking when they're making content. And, you know, it's easy just to choose money in the end of the day, but you have a lot of influence on the public, uh, especially younger folk who look up to these content creators. So it makes you think. That's why I really like this game. And again, it's not going to be for everyone, but I have a video up. So if you want to check out what it looks like. Uh, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. There's a free demo out on Steam. If you look up Not For Broadcast Prologue, you'll be able to play a little bit of it and see what the game is like. Alright, our next section, upcoming releases. So there's one game that I'm super high for. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people looking forward to it, and that's Animal Crossing. For the Nintendo Switch, it's coming out March 20th for the US of A. And I think I'm gonna go buy a Switch for this game. I don't have a Switch because, not because I didn't like the games, it's just that I don't have a lot of time to play games outside of the games that I'm covering or making content for. So, you know, just don't have the time. And if I have to spend that much money to get a new system, I think I would rather spend it on things that will make my content better or increase exposure. Like I'll probably spend the money on ads to boost like a podcast or something. But yeah, Animal Crossing, I don't know why, but it got me. It got me interested. I'm looking at it and I think I could spend a lot of time playing it. I think I just want to hop in for an hour every other day and just enjoy what it has to offer. And... <laughs> What I really want to do is my, my cousins have a Switch and my brother has a Switch. And, you know, my brother lives pretty far away. So I'm just like, maybe we could uh, play Animal Crossing together. Have a village. Keep in touch that way. But yeah, reminiscing about old times. Hey, uh, there's a lot of news about that game out. People are going crazy about the fact that you can terraform the island that you're on. And I don't know why that's exciting, but I don't know. <laughs> this hype is kind of infectious. And I, I want to play the game now. So I'll let you guys know if I get the uh, Animal Crossing Switch, uh, I will do an un unboxing video. We'll see what happens. And now for news. Alright, on to news. I covered the coronavirus last episode. I wrote an in-depth article on how it's impacting the gaming industry. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out. I'm not going to really cover it much this week. It's kind of crazy the impact it has though. Like GDC was canceled. A lot of conventions are canceled. It's impacting the production of uh, actual physical goods. All right, on to news. Black Mesa is releasing on March 6, 2020. 
Now this is a remake of Half-Life 1. It was a fan-made project. Valve gave it its blessing. And it's pretty darn good. So if you want to check that out, that's out now. Um, honestly, I didn't play Half-Life 1 when it first came out. I played a little bit and I'm like, uh, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. And then when Half-Life 2 came out, I played a little bit and it gave me motion sickness. So I couldn't play more than like an hour into it. Um, but yeah, now that it's out, I'm going to give it another shot. <laughs> it's the way to play if you wanted to check it out. For our next news item, Valiant is coming this summer. It's the 5 on 5 shooter made by Riot. There are a lot of professional shooters and content creators, competitive gamers that got to check the game out. They have pretty good impressions about it and there's a lot of people excited. Uh, I'm personally interested in how it does. For our next news item, Death Stranding is coming to PC on June 2nd. I'm personally interested in this game, so I'm going to check it out. For our next news item, Pokimane signs a multi-year deal with Twitch. I think this is kind of interesting to keep track of. Now, personally, I don't really care about these larger content creators. But a lot of people do, and that's not the reason why I'm interested in this. I'm more interested in how this impacts the world of content creation now that platforms realize that content creators are valuable they're putting a lot of effort and money to keep them on their platforms or to attract new content creators to their platforms the thing that kind of irks me is that they still ignore a lot of the viewers and they still ignore a lot of the medium to small size content creators and I don't think that really bodes well. If you're focusing on the top content creators, it makes sense because they bring in a large percentage of the audience and a large percentage of the revenue. But by creating an environment where it's hostile toward those, towards those who are not big already, I think you're kind of doing a disservice to the platform and the viewers as a whole. Like for example, for Twitch, they introduced this new thing called a hype train where you know, if someone subs or someone donates bits, whatever, it creates this event where it encourages more people to sub and donate. And really, that only benefits large content creators. For small to medium, you're not going to see that happen very frequently. And it doesn't really help us at all. Not only that, people don't know, but when you give a sub or bits to a Twitch streamer who's small, they're not going to see that until they get over $100 for, you know, a $5 sub. The default rate is like $250, so you get half of that. And then for bits, you get all of that. But until you hit $100, you're not going to see that money. And then it used to be that you had to wait 45 days before you get the payout. But now they shortened it to two weeks. Thank goodness. But <laughs> there's a lot of streamers out there who will never see their first payout. And honestly, I think that kind of hurts the platform as a whole because it's very discouraging as a content creator when there are people out there willing to support them financially. Even if it's just like a dollar or a sub, it you know, like every bit counts. And not to be able to get that money, it feels like you're not accomplishing anything or that you don't feel 
the support that the fans are giving you because Twitch is standing there kind of blocking that off from the streamer. I think it's the same with YouTube as well. If you want to get ad revenue, you have to hit a thousand subscribers and then have 4,000 hours of content watched. Like I managed to get pretty close to that, the 4,000 hours of content watched, but getting a thousand subscribers is really difficult if you're not going viral, if the algorithm is not favoring you. It's pretty hard. Like I, I have steady growth, but it's going to still take me over a year to hit that mark. And I don't understand that at all. I really don't. Anyways, but yeah, all this I'm kind of interested in because they keep ignoring the viewers and they keep ignoring the small and medium sized content creators. And they're just trying to find ways to milk money out of people. And when you do that, eventually people will grow resentful of the platform the people who make content for it and the people who want to watch it and there will come a new platform where they don't do that and people are going to flock towards it so in the end i want what's best for everyone so i want everyone you know watching the platform to succeed they want i want them to have a fun time i want to help them find content that they enjoy and then for the content creators to be able to find a community and grow as a content creator and the platforms themselves to succeed because you know if they don't succeed then everyone else suffers but i don't know i feel like the short-term monetary gain is kind of clouding everything else for the people in charge all right enough of that let's go to the nintendo playstation so this is the prototype where sony and nintendo are kind of teaming up it has a super nintendo with a CD drive in it. It sold for $360,000 apparently. Now that's insane. That's a lot of money. Who has that kind of money? But yeah, it's kind of an interesting piece of history. There's a lot of articles covering the history of it. If you want to check it out. But I thought it was kind of interesting that it sold for so much. Alright, on to our last news item. Publishers are pulling their games off of NVIDIA now. So the latest was 2K games. You got Civ and all of that. And I honestly, it's kind of disappointing to see. Uh, I don't understand why they're doing this in terms of like benefiting the gamer because it really doesn't. But I understand why they're doing it financially. So GeForce Now is a service where you can stream your games from the cloud but you have to purchase these games yourself. So if you buy a game on Steam, let's say, and you subscribe to GeForce Now, there's a free tier that's pretty limited, or you can pay $5 a month for the next tier. And you don't have a nice computer or you want to play on your phone, you can run these games on their cloud and stream it to you. So as long as you have a decent internet connection, you can play these games without investing in a nice PC. And this is probably the most consumer-friendly way to stream games like google stadia these other services you have to subscribe to their service then you get access to their catalog of games but you know once you stop paying those fees you don't have access anymore whereas for geforce now you have to pay for the games and then you can stream them and if you don't pay for the service you just revert back to the free tier but you still have the games so if one day you want to build a pc it's still all there for you you just can't stream it. And I don't know, I, f I find it kind of weird that publishers are pulling out. And I think the reason why is they probably want to get paid for their games to be on GeForce Now. 
And I think that's pretty ridiculous, if you ask me. The consumer has to buy the game to begin with. Unless I'm misunderstanding GeForce now, I have not tried it out, to be honest, because I'm old school. I don't want to stream my games. I want to run them locally because I have to record footage. And it's just easier if everything is on my local machine. But unless, like, their subscription tiers offer a catalog of games, then I would understand. Like, if, you're, if they were saying, hey, pay us a fee and you can play all of these games. And if they did that, then yes, they should definitely pay the publishers a portion of the fee. But if they're requiring people, consumers, to buy the game beforehand, then I don't see the point. Because when they buy the game on Steam or whatever, the publishers get a cut of the sales, like whatever the deal was. And to ask for more money, I don't really understand, but kind of shows the true colors of these corporations where they don't really care about the gamer or benefiting the gamer. It's more about protecting their own bottom line. And I think it's kind of sad because with all of these games off of GeForce Now, it's going to have a harder time to succeed. And that's kind of a sad thing considering GeForce Now is, in my opinion, probably the most consumer-friendly option for streaming in terms of retaining ownership so yeah i don't know like kind of this dystopian future we're living in where private ownership is kind of ceasing to exist where everything is going to be a service that you subscribe to and you know i i wrote an article about this as well where it's kind of dangerous in that private ownership protects access in that if you own something, if you physically own something, you control the access to that object. Theoretically, you should. That's not true. Uh, the government can take it away, which I don't think is right. But I don't want to get too political <laughs> in my ideology. The things I'm thinking about, I always think about the worst possible outcome. But in terms of gaming, like it's already accepted. You know, I use Steam a lot. But what happens if my Steam account disappears? What if, what happens if Steam disappears? Right. Everything's gone. Your games are gone, achievements, everything linked to Steam is gone. And it's kind of the future we're heading towards where you don't have access anymore. You don't control access to games. The corporations do. So people might argue that, you know, consoles still have that. And I'm going to disagree because a lot of them are linked to online services. A lot of them are linked to patches. A lot of them are linked to the console itself. You can still get locked out. You can get banned. Your account can get banned. It's difficult now to actually own the game that you're playing and do whatever you want with it. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> Maybe you guys disagree. I don't know. You can let me know in the comments below because I'm interested in your thoughts. I think about these things a lot. I know this kind of topic is maybe a little boring to talk about to most people, but it's something that I think about a lot of. In my article that I wrote, I linked it to kind of like self-driving cars. Like what happens in the future if everyone has self-driving cars, but here's the deal. Uh, you don't own it. So you just use an app to call the car. It'll come pick you up because it can locate you through your phone's GPS. And then you set the destination and it drives you there. You don't have to buy a car. You don't have to maintain it. You don't have to pay any fees for it. So it's a lot more convenient. But what happens though, if your access to that app is cut off? What happens when you can no longer call a self-driving car to pick you up anymore? Your life will be terrible. You'll be very limited. 
And people will probably tell me that I'm overthinking things, but the truth is it has happened before in I think almost every country. I'm just thinking about the Japanese internment camps for World War II where US citizens lost their property. They lost their businesses, their lives were impacted in a large way. Their access to their own property was cut off, even though they were supposed to own it. You can see that happen. I think there's a lot of other instances, I mean, in terms of like journalism, like government blocking journalists, you know, that used to be a thing a long time ago. I think it's something interesting to think about. Um, maybe I'm overthinking it, but yeah. Again, let me know in the comments below what you think. That's something that I find interesting. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, I recorded a video for it because I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. But I have this podcast available in audio-only format if you want to check it out. It's the Ducky O'Brien Show. It's available on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. I'm pretty much most platforms. It's going to be there. I'm just saying as an option for you guys if you want to listen to it. Because I know for YouTube, you can't really have it running and then lock your phone. I find that really annoying. But anyways, that's, <laughs> that's another thing I can get into. Shame on you for putting that behind the paywall, YouTube. Shame on you. Anyways. Thank you so much for dropping by and watching. I really do appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, things you would like for me to cover, please feel free to leave a comment down below. Also, you can email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And I just want to add in here, I have a second YouTube channel. It's called The Pointy Hatcast. I'm going to link it in the description below as well if you want to check it out that's going to be my podcast channel and it hasn't been doing well in that i've been uploading audio only podcasts and of course that's not going to do well on youtube you need video so i'm adding a lot more video on there so i have three podcasts on there one that talks about movies that's going to be audio only i have one about being a content creator that's going to have video and i'm going to have one that goes deep on tv shows I actually made an episode on Mr. Robot, which is one of my favorite shows right now. And it got blocked in the US. So I was really sad because I worked hard on that video and I really liked the video that I made. But yeah, if you're in the US or Canada, you're going to have to use a VPN to watch it. <laughs> That's how it is. But yeah, I made a new video on why Captain Phasma was not a wasted character. And before people get angry at me, I thought The Last Jedi was an okay movie. First of all, I hated it. But then upon rewatching, I realized that Ryan Johnson did a lot of good things. Now, I'm not saying The Last Jedi is perfect. But if you watch it again, I think you'll see that it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Don't get your pitchforks and torches. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hear me out. I'll make another video on that, on why The Last Jedi is actually okay, on the elements that are portrayed that are better than Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens. I know I'm going to nerd territory here, but I love movies. I love talking about it. I'm going to end there before I keep ranting, but yeah. Thank you so much for dropping by. I really do appreciate it. And as always, catch you guys next time. Full of synonyms. Dougie O'Brien show.